0: Hey everyone! Welcome to MD Rounds, where we round in medicine with an all-round perspective. We aim to be your audio pocket guide for clinical medicine, including cases, quizzes, and high-yield snippets. We further enhance clinical rounds, acting as a bridge between clinical medicine and public health. Well, what are you waiting for? Let's dive in and round up with Dr. Chavi, Dr. Atif, and Dr. Vineet. Join us. It's time to round. Hello and welcome to a new episode. Today, we will switch things up a little bit and we will have all three of us go over different causes of dementia, but in individual episodes. I will be discussing mild cognitive impairment in this episode. So before I begin and dive in into the episode, let's review a few key terms that will really help us when discussing mild cognitive impairment, And then later on discussing moderate cognitive impairment and Alzheimer's disease. But remember, those two will be discussed in separate episodes later. Okay, so key terms to keep in mind. ADLS. Can you tell me what that stands for? Activities of daily living. And then IADLS. Can you remember what that stands for? Instrumental activities of daily living. So what are both of these things and what do they consist of? Great way to keep them in mind is through a mnemonic, of course. Death shaft. So let's start with activities of daily living. D for dressing, E for eating, A for ambulation, and T for toilet use, H for hygiene. Now shaft, which is the instrumental activities of daily living. So S for shopping, H for housekeeping, A for accounting, F for food preparation, and T for transportation. We also want to talk about certain genes today that we will frequently be bringing up throughout this episode as well as the other ones. Some genes we will talk about is the amyloid precursor protein, which is on the chromosome 21, the E for polymorphism of the ap- apolipoprotein E genotype. Okay, so now that we got some housekeeping out of the way, let's start with mild cognitive impairment. What is mild cognitive impairment? So it's usually a clinical diagnosis of cognitive changes that have minimal impairment in the ADLS or the IADLS. So risk factors for mild cognitive impairment are hypertension, diabetes, obesity, cardiovascular disease, And also, the apolipoprotein E epsilon-4 genotype. So what are some clinical features of mild cognitive impairment? So you usually have the patient presenting with cognitive impairment that may or may not be associated with memory changes. They may have impairment with their executive function, their visual-spatial function. They may also have some neuropsychiatric symptoms, such as clinical depression, some irritability, some aggression, maybe anxiety. What is a great way to investigate a patient presenting with mild cognitive impairment? So as always, you want to get a thorough history. Sometimes this thorough history will come from the caregivers themselves. And then you want to do some baseline blood work to rule out organic causes. So some blood work that you may want to consider is thyroid function testing, vitamin B12, a folate level, liver function test, a CBC with ferritin, electrolytes, kidney function testing, and if clinically required, then perhaps maybe testing for syphilis, maybe titers for Lyme disease, maybe a urine analysis with a urine culture. It's also important to rule out clinical depression, any side effects from any medications that may be on, and any sleep abnormalities that they may also be complaining about. And then for neuropsychological testing, There are two that I'd like to mention. So the first is the MMSE and the other one is the MOCA. So the MOCA is more sensitive to early cognitive changes. If it's abnormal, it is recommended to follow up in one year with the patient to monitor the cognitive and functional decline. But of course, that depends on the entire clinical picture of the patient and along with the patient's comorbidities and clinical judgment. So there are some neuroimaging that may be ordered if clinically indicated for example a non-contrast brain ct to evaluate for any structural abnormalities um, or an mri to evaluate for any white matter changes any infarcts that may be present and then treatment always treat for any reversible causes that may be there for example b12 deficiency any serum electrolyte abnormalities And then there are two ways that we can think about management so one is a pharmacologic management the other one is a non-pharmacologic management the pharmacologic management that has been studied in some clinical trials but currently is up for speculation and there is a lot of discussion about is known as ducanab and then for the non-pharmacologic management there was a meta-analysis done of 11 randomized trials that showed 1,497 participants with mild cognitive impairment. They said that the aerobic exercise improved the global cognitive ability by one point on the MMSE. The confidence interval was 95% from 0.5 to one45 The paper did indicate that there was some improvement seen on immediate and delayed recall. But due to the limitations of the trials being short-term, it's unknown at this point if aerobic exercise has any effect on the prevention from mild cognitive impairment to dementia. However, you know, aerobic exercise does have many of its health benefits, so generally that is something that is recommended. And that concludes this episode of Mild Cognitive Impairment. Hope you enjoyed yourself and learned something. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Be sure to tweet us at Podcast on Twitter and follow us on Instagram. If your friends really still not have heard us, please share this episode on Apple, Google, Spotify, and so many other platforms. Thank you and have a great one. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. Please do not use this as medical advice. And for any concerns regarding your health, please always consult with your healthcare provider. No copyright infringement is intended.